The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com. Sci-Fi For Me Radio presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is H2O. There is no there there. Well, and unfortunately, it also sounds like they have basically put themselves in, in that they put themselves squarely in the trap that I've mentioned before, which is it is if you are going to root the idea of the superhero in the real world, you have set yourself a trap. Because it's a trap. It's a trap. Exactly. Uh, because you end up with massive amounts of destruction, and you can't hand wave them away. Yeah, because of physics. Yeah. And if you're going to treat the world something like the real world, I mean, the real world is a thing. It is a it is a thing that we all have experience with. We you know if we see a car crash, and it's a bad one. You know, part of the reason we stop, we slow down and look, is because we've been in car crashes. Yeah, or or we know somebody that has. And it is we know what if it's if you know if the front of the car is missing. Yeah. You know, and so if you if you apply that to the, I mean, the, the the level of destruction in Avengers is huge, and the idea that somehow everybody in the everybody in in New York City made it out okay is ridiculous. I mean, it's ludicrous. It is you know, it's it is a complete hand wavium moment, but they pull it off because they never talk about it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and the. The issue with the issue with DC Comics doing or the DCU treating it like it's all a real thing is that the element of fantasy, the element of wish fulfillment, you know, um, you know, and every time you hear Snyder or somebody else talk about you know the mythic, you know, the telling making modern myth, take a good long look at the myths we have. I mean, the Greeks, Greek gods, kind of. Lots of death and destruction and not happy stories. The the, the Norse gods, not so happy stories. Most and, and not very good people. No, well, no, and and that's the thing about most myth is that the stories are really dramatic and cool. Yes, unless you're in one. Speaking and you're, of, and you're not a god. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of dramatic and cool, who's not a god? That is Timothy Harvey I giving so some analysis over there. My I, name is Jason Hunt. I would and, have a lot. I would have a, a lot higher standard of living. <laughs> <laughs> I was a god. See, I Are you a god? I don't need very... When somebody asks yes, you, you if you're a god, you, you say, say yes! <laughs> Welcome, everyone. This episode of H2O, uh, Tim Harvey over there. Uh, My name yes. is Jason Hunt. And uh, we are talking this week, this 106th episode, we are talking this week about dumb things found on the internet this week. And... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because that—that's—that's that's a nice broad uh, cover for what we're going to be talking about. Because well, okay, there's a lot it, of it. Okay, let's let's, let's we are going to narrow that down just yeah, a bit. Yeah, because no we, politics. Yeah, we're not politics. We're talking yeah. about we're talking about genre stuff. Yeah, um, and there's there's uh, there's enough there's yes. enough to, to keep us entertained, and we're not even going to cover all of it. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, I mean, we're starting uh, we're starting with Batman versus Superman. It opens this weekend. Um, Zack Snyder. 
Uh, Well, let me me do this first. If you want to join the conversation, you want to share your thoughts with us at any time, you Mm -hmm. can send us an email, h2o at sci-fi-for-me.com. And we do encourage you to participate in that discussion. Please do. Yes, we like reading your emails. We like getting your comments and your thoughts and your and your ideas uh, that you share with us. So please don't keep them to yourself. We would like to uh, uh, expand our knowledge base with other perspectives sometimes. Oh, sure. But we're talking about the perspective of Zack Snyder here for a second. And people are still criticizing the end of man of steel for all of the destruction and the sure and the and the the death and mayhem and killing zod and all of that other stuff and snyder comes out this week and says well look at star wars the force awakens i mean they blew up planets how many billions of people there that's a higher death count than what my movie had yeah <laughs> Yeah, I saw I, I saw an interesting speculation today on the internet, um, uh, and then to give credit where it's due, it was over on IO Nine, and they they brought they brought back their mailman, their postal apocalypse guy. Oh yeah, Bricken. Yeah, Rob Bricken. So they brought back the, that particular article, and if if you've for all the for all the great stuff that IO Nine has done over the years since they since they are officially under the Gizmodo thing. We've watched uh, a lot of the really great stuff that they had that I found very entertaining go away. Yes. So, for example, if you want recaps, come read ours because we have them, and they don't. Um, if you, there's a lot of things, stuff that we have that they don't have right now. Um, Credibility, for one, maybe. The, well, the the Gawker umbrella has an issue, uh. um, and it's their own fault. No offense, you know. Uh, hey, guys, I know I know there's some folks over there trying to do journalism, but you and and I'm sure they're aware that they've got this this credibility issue right now. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and from what from what I've been seeing, Gawker is actually attempting to do some really really good political writing because it's political season and they want to rehabilitate their issue in some places but um the brand has got such a taint baggage stain baggage if nothing else yeah um that uh you know hey if you're if you're finding great writing over there guys uh, uh, listening audience then fantastic on the other hand i know a lot of people who would not want to go to gawker no matter how good the writing is there because they've got yeah, it's the reputation. So it's you know it's a it's a double edged sword. You 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 set up to do things one way, and if you try and change it, even to be better, yeah. Uh, well, you know it may take a, it's going to take a little while before people buy it. And we're going to circle around to that. But you're talking about postal apocalypse. So yeah. They, so the, the question is is, is um you know hey, <clears throat> the review the early reviews of Batman v Superman are not very good. What is that? What's that going to do to the DCU? And. Rickon sat there and went, well, probably not as much as you might think. Because, all right, no matter no matter what people say or what the reviews are going to be, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, Justice League prequel, whatever you want to call it, Batman 3, 12, whatever, is going to make all the money. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be very, very popular, in t- at least in terms of money. Internationally, overnight, uh, Wednesday night opening made seven million, which, in the countries that it was that it was opening in, mm-hmm. uh, was pretty strong performance. It was number one, I think, in Italy. Number no, well, number one in number one in England, I think. Number five in Italy. You know, fifth fifth best opening of the of the year so far. Sure. Um, it's on, I think. 
5,900 screens in various different countries abroad, and it's uh, a, a fairly, what they're calling a fairly solid, strong opening for our Wednesday night. Yeah, so the, I guess so, the, the guesstimation right now is $350 million um, opening? Uh, yeah, I think. I, I've seen 160, but that's probably just, that's probably just domestic. Yeah, I think, so in, it, it's probably going to make the money, okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's a good movie or a good comic book movie or anything, it's going to make the money. Okay, there are many many films which I guarantee you are much much worse than Batman versus Superman that made all the money when they opened. And right now, the average for Batman Five Superman on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. is lower. The aggregate average mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes is lower than Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Wow, <laughs> and interestingly enough, I hear that I hear that Affleck is a really good Batman. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's I'm what here, except saying. for except for the whole angry, really brutal, violent part of it. Well, but... I was listening to NPR today, and and the folks over at Fresh Air, the uh, I believe it's Bob Bob, Bob Mondello is their critic, mm-hmm. and he was discussing the fact that a lot of the language is the same language that was used to justify going into Iraq. The 1% line was actually a Dick Cheney line. Now, leaving the politics aside, what that sounds like is that, I mean, that's a writing decision. That's a writing decision that basically plays into our own cultural experience. Right, sure. So you are looking at someone going, remember when... And it, it, it does two things. One, it, it basically establishes something that resonates with your memory. You know, it resonates with the fact that there is, you know, whether... However, if you're old enough if and you're if old, you were paying attention uh, back right. then. And right. if you are, however you feel, whatever your political stripe, we all have a feeling about going into, you know, you invade another country, you have a feeling about it, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> for whatever the reasons you do it. And so that's going to play into that. I mean, it's it's it's... You're, whether you actively remember it or not, it was part of the argument. But it also paints a, it paints the character in a certain light. It ascribes that kind of philosophy to the character. And when right. you look at the various ways Batman has been portrayed over the years, and we know that Dark Knight Returns is, has an influence on this story. There's that, uh, uh, there's an extremism to... Batman in in those scenes in that in that writing yeah. that depending on how you feel about your vigilantes uh, the primary theme of the Daredevil series which also written by Frank Miller uh, yeah but also no well, not the not well, the, 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 the current Netflix series actually dealt a lot with the nature of uh, vigilantism right but you you look at it, I saw I saw online today Ben Affleck has played two characters whose Define some of the defining stories for those two characters have been written by Frank Miller. Sure, that's Batman and Daredevil. Yeah, and I think that I think especially in the case of Daredevil, I mean, I think I, you could argue very strongly that Frank Miller's strongest writing was his early writing. Um, he's become more of a crank um, the older he gets, um, in my opinion. You may like his later work. This you're is wrong. an opinion show. You're welcome <laughs> to your opinion. Yeah, if you like his later work, you're incorrect. But still, no, um, in, I think it's. I think it was just stronger. I think he you 
he was firing on all cylinders. He was he was really cranking out some fantastic work. I mean, his or a lot of his early stuff was really ha- good. Hasn't he been having some health issues of late in the last ten years? You know or what? So? He might have. I mean, he's I he's, he's not a young guy. To it at all. Um, but in any event, um, the it looks like they were attempting to do. And again, I think it's I think the issue is you're rooting it in the real world in a way that is dangerous for your ongoing story. If you're trying to tell this this big thing, this yeah. big epic, you know, universe, the rooting, you know, rooting things in it's a comic book movie, and no matter how much we treat these characters with with veneration or respect or deep abiding love for who they are in terms of our own experience, I mean, we've talked about before how we feel about you know, the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Oh right? yeah, right. Um, the early ones, first two, primarily. Um, no matter how you feel about that, they are comic book characters. They are, you know, it's, I think, it, I think it may have served them poorly, especially, especially with, with Superman and Batman to root them too much in the real world. Well, and that goes as, back as deep, as deeply in the, in, in our reality. Right. And that, that goes back to what I had said before about the difference between a comic book movie and mm-hmm. a movie based on a comic book. Right. And I think you, and Warner brothers is doing the latter when they should be doing the former. Well, and the curious thing is, is that if you can, you can do grimdark and, and leave. Okay, not with Superman, you can't. See, that's the whole. That's that's the crux of the problem, right? Well, there, yeah, I know, and that's is, that's what I'm saying. You know, is Sny- that... The Snyderverse and Nolan to a certain extent, but the Snyderverse has painted Superman, mm-hmm. the big blue Boy Scout, with a Batman filter. Well, and I, it doesn't work. I think there's. I think there's been enough interpretations of of Superman giving him less the Boy Scout and more the conflicted and we I've talked about this before it's been a while but um, you know the the I, there's been several really good miniseries where they deal with the fact that he's an adopted kid that he's an orphan from his own culture that he's, he's you know he's he's all he's the outsider but they've been written by really, really good writers who have who have turned it into uh, uh, just an alternate way of looking at the character. They haven't they haven't stripped away the core uh, kindness of the character, the nobility of the character. Not yet. Well, no, but I mean, I think I, I, I think as long as you have writers who get, and there's plenty of them over in, in I mean, DC's been doing this for all the variants they've been doing over time. Yeah, but everything they're doing over the comic books is completely irrelevant with what they're doing with the well, movie. Well, I know, but that's what I'm talking about. Is that they've they've had these places in the comic books where they've gone to these darker places and they still managed to keep, you know, or they explored for the psychological impact, right? Right. And that's some of the stuff I actually liked out of Man of Steel was the fact that every you know some of that, especially the backstory stuff, all the the infinite number of of flashback sideways things they were doing. Yeah. Um, I liked some of that because it. Was a it was an adopted kid trying to figure out his place in the world. You know, I mean, if you look at it from the point of a parent looking at a, an adopted child or someone who knows, you know, some of that stuff resonated. It wasn't enough of it. It wasn't hand, and and it, at the same time, there also wasn't there was too much of it, and there wasn't enough of it. It's how they did it, right? Right. Uh, but I appreciated that. <clears throat> but. Uh, You gotta at some point let him be the big blue boy the big scout, blue boy scout, or at least something that resembles the big blue boy scout. And I yeah. think that from what we're hearing, um, we don't 
quite get there it's, yet. It's not there. It's not there. I have I have I have read um, where Wonder Woman mm-hmm. is probably the best part of the movie, mm-hmm. and she's in it for all of like maybe five minutes. I don't. I mean, she's not in it very long. But for Superman to still be angsty and moody as they're describing him mm-hmm. after I think this is set 18 months yeah, after a couple of years, yeah. so why would he not have learned how to fit in yet why would he still be well, having issues I mean and this is on both sides sure. this is mm-hmm. this is both Kal-El the Superman thing mm-hmm. and also Clark Kent right <clears throat> having issues fitting in with you know, in the Daily Planet. Well, wait a minute. If you've been working there for that long and you still don't fit in, something's wrong with you, because. Well, but this is also this is also a, a movie that's asking us to believe that they rebuilt Metropolis into into. Well, it's it, well, I mean, there, but that, there, but, but yeah, that, but there's tons but tons of things. It's it's asking <clears throat> us to accept things that. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense, and 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 that does go back to your point about you know, being grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. And you expect us to believe this, whatever this is, mm-hmm. this you know this nebulous thing out here, story wise. But it really most of the most of the reviews that I've been seeing online have been Zack Snyder tries to make everything look cool, but there's no story to hang it on. Well, I think, I, and I've heard terrible things about Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. See, I, I've I've read mixed opinions about his Lex Luthor. Um, I have not seen anything positive about that. Well, yet. I've actually seen quite a bit where they say they go. He's some of cases he's the most entertaining part of the film because he seems to think that he's in another film, another film. Yeah, um, which several of the reviewers have thought that was a good thing uh, because at least Lex seems to be having fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, and 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 the NPR review today—that's actually—he said that he was—he appreciated the fact that that here this is the, he appreciated the energy of the character, just mm-hmm. the sort of the manic. Um, and you know what? Hey, whatever. What I am open to different interpretations of characters. I'm open to all these different things. But I think that you know, I don't. I am. I am actually okay with an arc of films where we start off with Superman Begins. And end with, and end with, you know, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm okay with that. If you take us there, if you get us a defined arc where you build the, but the thing right. is. The, the problem with that, uh, with these films, mm-hmm. is that, and this is another thing that we've, is we're seeing in these re- reviews, is that the end of Man of Steel, mm-hmm. for whatever, whatever, wherever it left all our characters, mm-hmm. and now you have Batman versus Superman coming in. A number of people have said it feels like Snyder and the the production team, Warner Brothers and all that, are making this movie in order to say, oh, we meant to do that. Oh, well. And, it's, and it's retroactively making Man of Steel the first part of this arc. That wasn't there to start with, and now, well, it's like the beginning of back. It's like Back to the Future, mm-hmm. you know. If if they if we knew we were making a sequel, we never would have right. put the girl in the car. It's that sure. that kind of thing. If well, we knew, and, and and yes, they know they're making more than one. Yeah. But like we talked about it at at, when Man of Steel came out, you don't tell part of a story 
Right. On the assumption you get to tell the rest of the story. Yeah, because there are many, many films that were meant to be the beginning of a series that don't get sequels. Yeah, Remo Williams. I'm still waiting for the sequel to Remo Williams and Bakaru Banzai. Many, many people are waiting for both of those sequels. So here is... I, didn't I hear they were making a Remo Williams TV show? I'd heard rumors about that, but I haven't heard anything beyond yeah. that initial rumor. It's probably in that same pile with the Booster Gold series. Actually, Boost, uh, there was that was just announced that Booster Gold is, is actually getting he's he's actually happening. Is that official now? Yeah, it is. It is. There is actually a, a Booster Gold thing, whatever it is. Oh. It, it is. It is a thing. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I know. Um, so um, now, if we can just have Buckaroo Bonsai sequel, then it'll be Christmas. <laughs> if anybody can figure out where the rights are, <laughs> exactly. So. Okay, so the issue that ultimately we have here, and in all fairness to Snyder, who has his own issues, he is a hired gun. He is an employee of the studio. But point. Okay, but but he's their Kevin Feige at this point. Um, until Jeff Johns is officially the Kevin Feige, yeah, Snyder's in charge of the movies. Well, this is one of the things that Bricken said over at IO9 in Postal Apocalypse is that uh, that's not going to be the case. I hope not. Well, he's already he's already doing Justice League one, right? Right. But there's going to be somebody who's going to be there with him, going. No. You don't know that. Well, that's what he's saying is that is that because the if the feedback if everything if DC Warner Brothers likes to panic, <laughs> they panic prematurely too. There we go. See, yeah. so they're going they're, there's going to be a reaction. Yeah. Right. They're not gonna. It's not gonna be sit there. It's not going to be validation of their plan, right? Right. So they're going to react, which means they're not. It's too. It's too close to the beginning of production, on it for them to replace him. I, they're I'm, gonna have somebody who's going to sit there and say, "We're going yeah. to do this instead." I'm hearing, from a story standpoint, I'm hearing uh, uh, descriptions of Batman versus Superman. That give me a sense that it's just like Green Lantern, where there are a lot of bits and pieces of various stories that mm-hmm. are fighting for screen time. Yeah. And if that's the case, then box office bonanza or not, it will be a critical and creative failure right out of the gate. And, it could very and well it be. Will, but there. It, 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 I'm I'm waiting for the for the uh, realization that this derails all of their plans. But it because, won't. Well, I don't see because Drew because Drew McQueenie already said over at HitFix he said that the early buzz that he was hearing from the suits from his source inside was saying they saw the you know early screenings mm, of the right. movies with the ex, with the studio execs sitting there going, oh, this is not the movie we were expecting. Well, it may very well be, but it's not going to derail it because there are two other DC movies coming out. We're getting um, Suicide Squad. Right. And Wonder Woman is being shot as we speak. Right. So, But past that. Well, yeah, but that's it. Past See, because Su- Suicide Squad doesn't necessarily have to fit into any any universe, any shared universe. But it, it will. will. But it doesn't have to. It no. can stand alone by itself because it's Suicide Squad. Sure. It's completely different. But, from everything else. But the tone of Suicide Squad, if the trailers are any indication, is a little crazy, mm-hmm. a little fun, mm-hmm. right? Which is not anything like any of the rest of it. Right. And the Wonder Woman stuff, at least, I mean, if nothing else from, from the early, from the photos I've been seeing, yeah. 
I'm loving the production design angle. So, you know, but then again, Batman versus Superman looks like it's probably going to be pretty too. But um, those are going to be, those are going to be what, what everything really is based on. Mm-hmm. Because this film is going to come out and it's going to make money. And whether the critics like it or not, audiences are giving them their money and studios are businesses. Yeah. So the other, the other part of that um, I saw online. And this was not a stupid thing I saw online, but it, it made me sigh, sadly. <laughs> it was the interview with Linda Carter. Mm-hmm. And Linda Carter revealed that she was up for the part of Wonder Woman's mother. Oh. Like we had been talking about. Yeah. It said, you have to do this, right? And her music performance schedule was such that she couldn't do it. But at least they talked to her about they it. Did That's it this. Good. They That's did good. talk to her good, about good, it because good. that that is that makes such perfect sense oh, sure. to put her in. And not to knock Connie Nielsen, who's a fine no, actress. I, no, yeah, but, but everybody yeah. expected, if you're going to do this, right. Linda Carter's got to play the mm-hmm. thing. But the flip side of that, Linda Carter has also revealed that she's been in talks with another production. Oh. And the producers of said production have also revealed... That she's going to be in said production. Yes. Assuming it gets a season two. Yes. Supergirl. Yay! And she'll play the President of the United States. As well as she should. In Supergirl. I like it. It'll get a season. And there will have to be a Wonder Woman joke in there somewhere because you got one in Sky High. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of IO9. Yeah. And speaking of uh, stupid comments referencing Star Wars The Force Awakens as we were with Zack Snyder. IO9, fresh off the Gawker $140 million judgment. Hey, kids, pro tip. Um, uh, don't post sex tapes to the internet. Just Actually, don't, yeah, pro tip, don't make sex tapes, because have we ever heard of any that didn't make it just, out into the world? Just, just, stop, just stop videotaping everything. Yeah, come on. It's like Quit not, posting anything to the internet. Not everything needs to be filmed. But anyway, okay. Many so, things shouldn't, because, I mean, Hulk Hogan, so, ew, ew, ew. No offense. No, different taste. Okay, so, fresh off of the judgment against Gawker Media for yeah. that particular scandalous I think act. they haven't even done punitive damages yet. Yeah, punitive was $25 million. Okay, On top of the okay. 150, uh, the right, right. 115 judgment, 20, okay, so 25 punitive, total, so right. 140. Okay. So, <laughs> in the wake of this, IO9 posts, and I'm sure they're not the only one. No, I'm sure they aren't. But IO9 posts, I think it was more the way they po- posted it, yeah. as opposed to just, you know, if it's news... It's information, and you share the information. This, of you know, course. As, right. you know, but it's what journalists are supposed to do. That's the idea, yeah. <laughs> harump, harump. I didn't get a harump out of you. <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a thought about that. I, I think I've shared it before, but I'll, I'll get to it again. The, the, uh, the IO9, the article posts that says, Hey, kids, Star Wars The Force Awakens in full HD Blu-ray format is out there for you to download the torrent. Mm-hmm. You probably shouldn't, but oh, guess yeah. what? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. It's there. Do not do this thing that we're going to tell you how to do. And Twitter blew a gasket. 
I did. I I first saw it when Dan Slott, mm -hmm. the writer of Spider-Man comic books, called them on the carpet, took them to task, and said, "Really? Really? Mm -hmm. What are you thinking?" Why would you post this? And then io9 doubled down with some of their other other links back to the article. And I don't know if they revised the article. I haven't read it yet. But the quotes from people on Twitter saying, uh, guys, mm -hmm. um, io9, really? You're going to do this? How stupid are you? How mind-numbingly stupid do you have to be to sit there and talk about pirating one of the most popular, most successful films of the decade, at least, Star Wars, no less, right after you lost a lawsuit? I mean, it's just like, it's... It reminds you, you know, in in the Charlie Brown in the Charlie Brown cartoons, whenever one of the kids screams, right? Yeah, ah, it's I hear that on the internet <laughs> when I own I does this, um, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm glad we're not Gawker Media. <laughs> I'm glad Gawker doesn't own us. That's a selling point now. I, I mean, how sad is it? I. I think we ought to do that. We start start posting on all of our social media for a full solid week. You know, maybe every two hours. Not owned by Gawker. Not owned by a Gawker. <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll get us some traffic. Number one reason why you should visit us. We aren't owned by Gawker Media. <laughs> That's not actually that bad. We should, probably, I mean, really? we should probably do that. Really? Well, see, and I was, I was thinking because I've been putting together, we've been working on the business plan. Right. And we've got a whole second you, you know, business plans. The nature of the business plan is there's one section that's analysis of the marketplace. Mm -hmm, right. And then you talk about your competition. Mm -hmm. you know, who else is out there doing what you do right. and yeah. whatnot and everything. So, of course, yes, there's a section in there on io9. It's changed since we started the business it's plan. It's going to have to. <laughs> yeah, because not only has io9 gone over to Gizmodo mm -hmm. and done away with half of the things that they've done before. Yeah. But now also there's this whole miasma that surrounds Gawker Media. I mean, Gawker's always had the reputation of being tawdry. But it's spilling over into everything else. And I think Well, and I think I think that you can there's 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 two sides to Gawker Media, right? If you had things like the 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 whether their stuff on tech, right? So you have your you have your Car site, and you have Gizmodo, your, yeah, yeah. you've got Kotaku. Right. So, I mean, that's yeah. that stuff all had a certain reputation for being generally factual because when you're talking about a car or a video game or a piece of technology, it is most of most of the time it's this is the specs, this is how it works, right. this is our opinion, right? So there's a certain built-in area of that. But when you, when you get into the social commentary or the, the gossip, gossip yeah. um, there's especially with the gossip stuff. I mean, there's a, is there a single gossip site on the internet, or has there ever been a single gossip column where you could sit there and go, "I feel good reading that." Maybe we should start a gossip column. Oh no. Okay, fine. I'm not writing it. Fiction, <laughs> not, just a, a, well. a fiction gossip column. 
Hey guys, guess what? Well, we could just make stuff up. Well, you to some degree, that's what it is. Well, that's what Gawker does. Well, there's a whole bunch of magazines. You go to the supermarket, and they still have these things. You stand I, in line at the checkout. I know. And I think, well, I, actually, I think it's. I Our think it's, gossip column should be written by Bat Kid. Huh. Um, and, and when Bat Kid's off on vacation, I think it's, Bigfoot can write. Well, I think Jezebel even has a. Uh, I want to think one of their little features is where they sit there and compare the tabloids, the gross supermarket oh, no, tabloids. Oh, I, I haven't seen. It. See, they, I don't go to Jezebel. I don't. I don't. Uh, well, they sit there and they've got the. It's like the three or four. Oh, uh-huh. you right, know, Where they sit right. there and go, and this is what they said happened this week, and it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> These are things that didn't happen. Yeah. So you know, it's. The National Enquirer, Weekly World News. These are things that you know. If you if you're reading them for news, I'm so sorry. Although the National Enquirer has broken some news in the past, they've swerved into actually doing some journalism and at some well, at when some you point shoot that wide, statistically, <laughs> you are going to hit an actual story eventually. But considering the number of things they published versus the number of things that were actually well, that, yeah, that's true. Statistically, but, we're but, still at zero. But for IO9, <laughs> but for IO9 to do that, oh, it was really I mean, dumb. the timing, especially. I mean, you got to wonder. Okay, and why? Well, here's the other some... thing. Here's the, the more important thing. It not only is it bad journalism, and not only is it bad timing. Kids, torrents. I'm sorry. When the internet was new, mm-hmm. torrents were all there were. Mm-hmm. If you wanted less than if you want something now, mm-hmm. okay? But then again, it also took you a day to download whatever it was, you right. know, because it's... Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones still one of the most pirated shows out there. Sure, but if you ever want to get a virus on your computer, may I recommend the torrent sites? I am not for a second going to encourage you to go find other sites where you can get things without it, but... If you are looking for a place to infect your computer, mm-hmm. um, pretty sure that uh, there's a the internet is a wild and woolly place. It is full <laughs> of much that is not true. What? I, I know it's what? a shock. No, if it's it. on the internet, it's <laughs> true. They they won't let anything on the internet that's not true. <laughs> yes, of course not. Because I saw that on the internet. Exactly. Well, the, and who the internet wouldn't lie to you. That's yeah, right, the because internet. the inter- where'd you hear that? The internet. <laughs> the internet is your friend. The internet, all the internet wants to do is take you home and cuddle. No. <laughs> and speak French. <laughs> yes. Bonjour. <laughs> this is a bad idea. <laughs> so torrents are, a, torrents are a bad idea, let alone the, the legality of it, okay? And, and quite frankly, if you, are a, if you are a fan of Star Wars and you want to own The Force Awakens and you want more Star Wars movies, shouldn't you, you know... Buy the thing, money. yeah. You know, I mean, not not that they're hurting for money right now. I mean, Disney is is not going. Oh man, hey guys, have you, have you checked the couch? Because <laughs> well, we need to go get coffee, and I, I don't have enough. This is not happening, right? There, Disney is doing fine. Speaking of coffee, mm. if you work for a coffee company, we're still looking for a sponsor. Just and, thought I'd throw and, that one out. And we like we like coffee here. Yes, it's it's very good, and it makes us happy. And we're gonna go drink some more. We are. We're going to take a break, let you listen to a message from our sponsor, SuperheroStuff.com, where uh, they are currently, I think, doing the Batman vs. Superman Hero Box, mm-hmm. which is – there's three different levels. There's there's three different uh, sizes of the, of the Hero Box, uh, different price points, 
and you get uh, a box full of stuff with that theme. Right. Uh, this this month, I think, is Batman vs. Superman. Uh, I think Febru February was Deadpool, and mm -hmm. so they, sure. they do a different theme every month. And for the 115th episode of H2O, <clears throat> which is just around the corner, yes. nine weeks from now, uh, we are going to give away a hero box to one of our listeners. We're still figuring out the mechanics of it, but we're going to give away a hero box as part of the 100th episode they've been sponsoring mm -hmm, here at the right. show. So uh, we're going to let you hear from them. Uh, go check out SuperheroStuff.com. We will be right back with more stupid stuff we saw on the internet this week. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Where can you get the latest cool superhero and sci-fi merchandise? SuperheroStuff.com! From t-shirts to keychains to cookie jars and everything in between. Superhero Stuff has added more buyers to the staff, which means more stuff, which means more for you to choose from. And don't forget the Hero Box, the must-have superhero mystery box. A $70 value, just $49. Visit SuperheroStuff.com today and gear up with your favorites. SuperheroStuff.com! Where heroes shop. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back, and so is our discussion of each and every episode as we gather down in the super-secret underground bunker at World Headquarters. Join us for recaps, analysis, and discussion, with a few digressions along the way, and you do have security clearance to listen. Level 117 every week, part of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, only on SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an atomic cotton design. Atomic cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one. I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope. AtomicCotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton, where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at AtomicCotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans. This is meteorologist Brian Busby. If you're traveling to a convention, be sure to check the weather. We have the latest forecast on the conventions page every week at SciFiForMe.com. Back on H2O, Jason Hutt here along with Timothy Harvey. Hello. And we have full coffee mugs. That's right. It's not damn, damn uh, fine not from a not from a sponsor yet, but uh, which would be better coffee? I got somebody. Uh, somebody pointed me in the direction of another coffee company based out of Austin, Texas. Yep. I'm going to take a look at. I'm not going to give them a free plug because they haven't, I don't know they if they're any good. They haven't shared their coffee. They haven't shared their coffee. But uh, I'm going to look into uh, getting in touch with them to see if maybe they might be interested because we really want a coffee sponsorship. I would, that would just be cool. Yeah. Because we so, drink a lot of coffee. And I'm just saying we could actually. You'd actually make some money off this. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on. I know. I realized. I, know. I was like, wait. It'd be a mutually <laughs> beneficial relationship. That's what I'm, all I'm saying. Is, well, you know, we've got we've got a few of those. Um, mutually beneficial relationships. The fans have to enjoy what you produce in terms of content. That would be good, yes. And if you're a website like io9 mm -hmm. and you produce content that people don't like, sure, you're making a mistake. Maybe? Oh, yeah, but I think that Perhaps. I think I think one of the biggest complaints about io9 
And and this is this is not the Io Nine Bash show, by the way. Um, there there's still there's still good stuff over there. Yeah, that's that's coming later. And maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 good writers over there, and and there's articles. I I you know I'm always interested in seeing what what Bricken and and Charlie Jane have to say because sometimes they put out some really really good analysis. And sometimes. So, well, yeah, but yeah. you know, um, so I enjoy reading their stuff. But there is a pretty common complaint that I've seen over and over and over again is since the move to go under Gizmodo, mm-hmm. they have so much of what was part of the fabric of the io9 reading experience is just well, gone even before that when anna lee left yeah i mean you, you, you know, people, and, people people go back to that part too i mean sure. you you even look at some of the some of the data some of the statistical analysis of how the website performs mm-hmm. and there's a trend and that trend line goes down Past the point where Annalie left, and past where Gizmodo took over, mm-hmm. and all of that. Did you see the the thing on the Mary Sue? Mm-mm. The state of the state, the state of the Mary Sue post that they did over there. Uh-uh. They're talking about going to a subscription model. Yeah. Four ninety nine a month. Sure. To give you access to exclusive content. Okay. Yeah. And uh, diminish the advertising content. That's on the site, right? And streamline the ad service uh, flow that's going over there, and it's getting mixed reaction. Sure, uh, you know, and you know, really, it's. I mean, it's not a stupid thing we saw on the internet, but it's it's one of those things that kind of catches your attention. You go, huh? Because the Mary Sue is not an indie site like we are. Right. The Mary Sue is owned by a corporation. I think Adams Media has them. Is that right? I think so. I mean, really, if you look at all of the different websites that do what we do, mm-hmm. the big ones, io9, uh, Nerdist, Geek and Sundry, mm-hmm. Mary Sue, um, Ain't It Cool, what else is out there? Bleeding Cool, Bloody and Disgusting, uh, Newsarama, Slash Film, all of them. Yeah. Except Ain't It Cool, all of them are owned by a corporation. Yeah. And you would think that corporation would have money to run the website that they run. It depends. In some cases, some of these things were indie sites that were bought up by corporations. Some of that's going to depend on how the contract was signed, how much, you know. If, if, for example, the creators of the site sat there and we, we saying we're going to keep our staff and we're going to keep creative control, and you may, you know, where this is like you're getting basically we're getting operating capital from you and you're right. benefiting from it. Um, that may also include a well, that's fine, but you can't come and ask us for more money. You know, this is this is your budget. And considering all that we do here without a budget. Right. I, I can't imagine them sitting there going, "What's well, never? It's not enough. It's not enough." Well, uh, yeah, it's just, well, but that's just it. If you want to, if you want to move away from from the money you're bringing in from the banner ads and mm-hmm. ads you placed all over your site. Well, yeah. But uh, well, uh, there are several sites that have. They'll have the two tier system. They'll basically have the stuff that's public, right? And they'll have the here's the exclusive stuff behind the paywall, right? right. And and I don't know if this is a if this is a good idea or not. I honestly don't know. Well, because part of the pitch was if we do the paywall, mm-hmm. then we can do more 
long-form articles, more in-depth analysis. We can take our time, and it's not have to get it out right now right? and, and that kind of thing. And it strikes me as kind of funny, uh, not funny haha, but funny... Funny peculiar? Funny peculiar, that they would be talking about long-form articles after how many weeks that we've been discussing... Uh, Shifting over to long form articles in in the style of Starlog, right? And it kind of makes you go, hmm. Maybe somebody over there is listening to our podcast <laughs> and stealing our ideas. No. Maybe it's possible. Send a check too. That's right. Yeah, we will accept checks. <coughs> well, it's okay. Well, speaking of accepting checks, I mean, we've even got a model where we've got a Patreon account, uh, and we've got. We've got donors. We don't have very many. Sure. They're regular, mm-hmm. and we appreciate their support. We, we really, do. really do. We'd love to have more. Patreon.com slash sci-fi for me. But it's not one of those things where we're sitting there, you know, hat in hand saying, we really need money. I mean, we talk about it here. Yeah. And, you know, our listeners probably are tired of hearing us talk about all <laughs> of the things we could do if we had money. <laughs> But it's it's a you know it's a it's a something that keeps coming up because we we have all of these things that we want to do right oh yeah and we're limited as everybody is I mean it's a business so you you only have as much resources as you have and right. I get that if we had more then you know think of all of the other wonderful toys we could have that's right and someone could ask us where we got them that's right but okay it's the it's very interesting to see what's happening with some of this stuff because uh, Doctor Who TV, um, Doctor Who TV dot co dot UK, uh-huh. okay, one of the major sites uh, for Doctor Who news out there. They have interesting articles and analysis and things like that, and they are scaling back and have scaled back immensely. In the last week and a half, they put out two articles, maybe three. Hmm. Um, and that's because, like us, they are doing it all on their own. Right. They are not functioning with a corporate funder. Um, they person the people who run it have day gigs, and they have just completely they've, they've pulled back considerably. And they and they posted a thing basically saying, "Hey, this is what we're doing. This is why right. we're doing it." Right. Right. Um, they run a Patreon. You know all these things. Um. And that's a shame because they were putting out two or three things a day and, and for quite a long time. Hmm. Sounds like somebody else I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, a, uh, it's a challenge to do what we do. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> and it's a challenge not just for us. And the award for understatement <laughs> of the year goes to... Thank you, thank you. Um, I just want to take a 10. few moments. 10.0, 10.0, 9.9. I, I just want to, uh, I want to take a moment to thank my family. Um, <laughs> Call your mother. All the writers. And, uh, 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 yeah. But anyway, um, I never won anything ever before. You like me. You really <laughs> like me. So, anyway, it's... Um, Scott! Yeah. <laughs> as we digress. So... For those of you who don't know, we have a running gag going over on Level 117, which is our Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Right. 
where uh, I think it goes all the way back to the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So uh, you can find that on iTunes and go play catch up because we're at, I think, episode 82 or 83 over there on, on that like show. Something like that, yeah. It hit me the other day. <clears throat> and this is kind of a stupid thing I heard on the internet. Did we of. say it? <laughs> Not so much we okay. said it, but I realize that you and I, mm -hmm. the two of us, yep. were on this show. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We're on level 117. Uh -huh. We're on the Rogues Gallery, which uh -huh. is the DC Comics television film podcast discussion. Right, yeah. And... We're not on. We're not on the sci-fi for chicks, but we're on every other podcast with everybody else. And I thought, why are we doing so many podcasts? Because it's just me and Tim. And then we bring in other people for whichever show it is. And it was like, yeah, we got to do something different. Because I, my voice especially, it's everywhere. Yeah. And I, I really, you talk about you know, uh, 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 Doctor Who. TV pulling back, mm -hmm. I'm finding myself in a place where I'm like spread so thin mm -hmm. and doing so many different things and covering all of these different things that I'm I'm losing the ability to manage it all. And <clears throat> part of that is lack of resources. Part of it is that I've got so many different different plates spinning in in the air. Right of my own. Volition. I mean, these are things that I've actually, I've done it to myself. But you know, maybe, maybe that's something that we have to do. Maybe our own thing on the internet is the fact that we're putting out too much content. Do we dial back and boost the quality of our content even more? You know, is that you know? Are we are we looking at a supply and demand thing? Do we put too much out for it to be good? And if it's not good, nobody's looking at it. Right. If if we pull back and we take our time with stuff and put out the longer articles, the more in depth analysis, the more you know, the more complete coverage, mm -hmm. as it were, will that draw more of an audience? So here's where we go to the readers, and here's where we go to the listeners. With their opinions, right? H2O at sci-fi4me.com. Let us know what you think. Are we doing too much? Are we putting out so much content that you're – is it too much information? Are we doing too many articles? Are you getting bombarded, you feel? Should we dial back our content output to the point where we can take our time and – Spend more, spend more time with the articles, uh, get more in-depth and, and get more interviews because I would really like to do more interviews, oh, sure. more interview articles. We mentioned Starlog Magazine a lot in, mm -hmm. in our discussions. That's my model. That's, that's, my, that's my standard of measure at this point. The, the goal mm -hmm. is to right. sit there and be more like Starlog. <clears throat> I don't want to be like io9. Well, not now, certainly. <laughs> well, I never have. I never have wanted to be like io9. 
Um, well, we shouldn't be like io nine just because we were diff- we're a different site with different people. But right, I don't want to be I don't want to be the what they're currently doing. And 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 I wish I wish the folks over at io nine all the best. Right, I mean you know they. Um, but at the same time, I'm. If I go to that site, I go to I go for morning spoilers, mm-hmm. and that's, and every now and again they put up a list, of you know today's was the ten young adult movie adaptations that didn't work, and I'm should, like, should we start doing lists? Yeah, you know, we've been discussing that. Andy, Andy's mentioned it. it. We've talked about it a little bit. Whether I or think not the we need only do... re- the only reason if we're going to do lists is if we're going to do them like, um. Ten reasons why you should hate watch Gotham. <laughs> yes, <laughs> something like that, where we actually look at something specific. Where yeah. and it's, but but I guess I guess one of the questions we need to be asking our leader, are we we I want I am asking our listeners and our readership, is one of the things that that Jason and I bemoan off air, often, and occasionally on air, is that how many how many recaps are you doing? Uh, when I do them, uh-huh. seven. Okay, so and that's the important part right there is when you do them. Yeah. Same thing with me, and yeah. I'm not even trying to do seven. Um, well, I'm at the point now where I'm not even trying anymore. Right. So, so the question is, 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 do you guys want recaps or do you want longer articles? Because recaps, I mean, <laughs> let, okay, we're, we're going to watch the shows because we're fans, right? Yeah. Um, and if we don't have to, if, if someone doesn't have to do a review of Gotham, they're not going to, you know, <laughs> they don't like Gotham. They don't have to watch Gotham. Well, and that's part of the challenge for doing for the Rose Gallery podcast. Oh, is yeah. that half, half the, half the rogues have abandoned Gotham. You don't, you don't watch I it. I don't watch it. Uh, Sonya doesn't watch it. Um, I think Kendall sometimes mm-hmm. looks at it. I've, I've kind of kept it on my radar just simply because I need to know what's going on with it. Right. But it's not it's not a have to, oh, I really got to watch Gotham. Um, I was talking to Chris Jensen the other day who used to write recaps for it. And we were talking about the possibility of doing that article like we were talking about, why why I'm hate watching Gotham. Uh, and it's still it's kind of just one of those things that's out there in the in the ether at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, I got an email today. Let me look, because there's an article, and I think it's in Variety. It is uh, something that we talked about on Sci-Fi XY mm-hmm. uh, back in the summer when, when Sonia and I did that, that show. It is an article of basically saying when it's okay to stop watching a show. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those... Uh, I haven't had a chance to 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 read the article yet because I've been on set all day for a reality show production. But well, no, excuse me, a documentary. Right, it's not a reality show. Um, but it's it's one of those articles that basically says it's okay to stop watching when you stop liking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the sense that I get from the headline, and so it's you know it's one of those things where I'm like, you know. We don't necessarily have to be watching a show simply to do the recaps, or do we? And do the recaps need to be written by somebody who likes the show, or do we have a a recap that's written by somebody who's just going to come at it with, you know, 
full of snark and vinegar and, you know, which would play better. And then are we doing the, doing, do, do we do the snarky recaps just to get the traffic? Because we've already made the resolution. We're not going to do clickbait headlines because that's the right. other stupid thing on the Internet that we always see, not just this week. <laughs> yeah. Even though, you know, well, like in the Mary Sue thing, you know, they're talking, you know, in this day and age, the clickbait headline is what grabs people. Yeah. But I don't want to go that route. I don't want to do that. I don't, that's, it doesn't, there's no class to that. Well, and I don't think it ultimately <clears throat> pays off. I have seen no, I have no evidence to indicate that it pays off in the long term. Yeah. And you want to build an audience and you want to have things established on the long term. Well, and you want your audience to trust you. Yeah. And you want to be able to trust the audience. I mean, it's a two-way street. We we here are assuming that our audience is reasonably intelligent. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Reasonably informed. Yes. They know what they're talking about. They know what they like and they know what they don't like. Mm-hmm. People that listen regularly to these shows obviously think that we're brilliant. <laughs> or tolerable. Or tolerable. <laughs> yeah. They're one or the other. Um, or maybe someplace in the middle. No middle ground. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, know, these people keep coming back. Yeah. And we appreciate that. We really do. We do. And and some episodes play better than others. Sure, of course. Depending on the topic, Mm -hmm. of course. Um, But, you know, some of that, you know, like we've talked about getting feedback, if we had more interaction with our audience telling us what they want. Right. You know, that... That's that's the, the the missing link in all of this. Well, and there's a lot of different ways you guys can do that if you want to do that. I mean, we've got Twitter and we've got Facebook and we've got um, WordPress and we've got all these different avenues that you could sit there and comment and send us messages. And, yeah, and we'd like you. We like that. We we want to hear from you, good yes. and bad. Uh, speaking of good and bad, yeah, I'll... J.K. Rowling. Yeah. The other the other thing what on the internet that kind of makes you look sideways. Yeah, so um, so the, we got the movie The Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yes. And it's coming out, and looks the visuals are all kind of cool, and the, the trailer stuff that's coming It's out. in the Harry Potter universe. Yeah. So she did a, uh, a History of the Americas uh, tie-in book with mm. this. and History it, of magic history, in America. Right. Yep. And it has fallen on, uh, for American, a, a, a fairly sizable chunk of the American audience that is not children. And let's, 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 let's make a distinction here that, that I think is important that we do have to bear in mind. Um, these are, this, this, is a, this is books aimed at kids, right? But the Harry Potter readership is not just children. It is every age. It's a hugely popular series, of course. Uh, she has sold a few books. Her name is fairly well known. She's a very popular writer. I think, I think I've seen her name mentioned yeah one or, and I, one or two I, I think there was a movie or something <clears throat> yeah um, something yeah so apparently what seems to have happened in the case of the and I have not read the book but I've just I've, there's been so much of this on the internet uh, in response and it's all true and it's all true and it's made of candy um, the the oversimplification and sweeping generalizations that apparently are in this book about American history and Native American culture have upset quite a few people. Um, there's two things apparently going on here that are uh, 
the big issues, which just seems to be there, not a lot of research was actually seems to have been done for the actual history of things. What? Yeah, I know. And certainly, um, from the point of Native American uh, uh, people, people of, of Native American descent, the kind of sweeping generalizations about their culture that um, we generally frowned upon, generally frowned upon, because we are theoretically past the point where we look at one particular group of people and make value judgments about everybody in there. And I know, isn't that a crazy thought? But no, not, no, I, I know. I, well, that's a, but but even when I know that's the sad yeah. thing. That's one of the stupid things we see outside the internet. Um, that well, we not, see uh, we see it on the internet too. Oh yeah, there too. Oh. But for those of you who who are not familiar with such things, there is not one Native American culture. It's a bunch of different tribes and cultures and histories and. Um, customs, customs, and, and you, yeah. you, it's you know, it's Beliefs. like it's kind of like looking at Africa and going, it's one place. When it's how many different countries are in Africa? Uh, yeah, lots, yeah. and they range from folks who are extremely uh, wealthy to extremely poor, and you know, just I mean, there's, you know, the United States is not one thing. New York is different from Arkansas, which is different from North Dakota, which is different from Texas, which is different from Indiana, which is, I mean. Everything's got, you know, you can't make the sweeping generalizations. We do it, okay? That's what people do, mm-hmm. right? It's not a good idea, but we do it anyway. Right. Well, <clears throat> there's a number of things that, that uh, uh, upset, to varying degrees of upset, uh, a lot of Native American readers, um, a lot of people who looked at Rowling's, uh, the way she dealt with American history, and sat there and went, um, do you know anything about this place? Or these cultures, or things like that, and there's. Did you look it up online? Yeah. <laughs> there's this thing called Wikipedia, which has more information <laughs> than you seem to. Have, than you seem. So it, well, and how much of that is true? Well, that depends on on uh, on the subject. I think it's, Wikipedia can be a very good source depending on what you're looking for, and not a very good source depending on what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But um, quite understandably, this has become a back and forth between the folks who are uh, looking at the people complaining about what they feel that Rowling has done or not done properly here mm-hmm. and saying things like, you guys know it's a fiction series, right? To which several several Native American scholars have sat there and went, um, you know that we're not fictional, right? Right. That we're actually, uh, you know, and, and you see this, you know, you see that this whole reservation thing, we're a little concerned when we don't get these things right. Mm. You know, it's a little insulting when you don't get things right. So now, and this is not, nobody's, no one is sitting there and saying J.K. Rowling is a terrible person. This is not, this is not a personal, no people, at least I haven't seen it anyway. People are not attacking her and going, you're a monster. Um, but they are saying that, that uh, you know, she may be quite guilty of bad writing in this case. Which, hey, you know what? Uh, it's okay. Actually. Well, at least a failure to do their proper research. Well, a failure to do the proper research and, and a failure to, to, well, to recognize that there might have been a, a part of your audience that was going to be upset mm-hmm. by doing this. Now, if you're a writer, one thing you probably don't want to do is spend your whole time worrying about who you're going to offend. Um, for the very simple fact that we cannot stop anyone from taking offense at anything. 
and some people seem to like taking offensive things. Um, but you know, I should start writing sci-fi for me in chalk on steps, and see what that does to people. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Trigger warning. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, and certainly, you know, it's there are certain things that, and and a lot a lot of people just think that it's basically a cultural difference, and we don't necessarily think about the UK and America really having that much cultural difference, but they do. Mm-hmm. Um, the histories are are different, and the perspectives can be different. And J.K. Rowling's history and the Harry Potter stuff is all very. You know, it, it, it weaves itself into British history quite well. But it's also what she knows. Right, because you know, she's from there. Yeah, and, she, and and so she knows the things that are going to fit in that. And, and Funny the, how that works. And British readers are going to sit there and go, hey, that's the thing, that's cool. Um, that isn't necessarily the case in for an American audience. Right. And the American audience is fairly large and fairly diverse. Um, and if nothing else... Uh, uh, it would be a good idea to maybe take a deeper look at a culture if you're going to write about it. Now, this is something that in the history of writing has not often been the case. Uh, there's been a whole lot of generalization about uh, cultures other than our own. Right. No matter who the our own is. Um, you know, I guarantee you that there have been some books written in China that don't that the Americas do not resemble... The Americas all that well. There's books written in uh, Britain about America and, and America written about Britain or Africa or Scandinavia or wherever. Um, but we're sp- the world is much smaller in terms of information now. You can get this information. Yeah. You don't have to just sit there and go, well, I've never been there. I don't know anything about it. But surely this is how they act. Um, all Americans are gangsters. And all British drink tea, and all Chinese people have little hats, <laughs> and this is how we get ourselves in trouble. Um, and if and if, and un, unnecessarily offend people, yes, unnecessarily insult people's culture. Um, so you know, it's it's several several of the the uh, the Native American scholars have sat there and went, Rowling has an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. You know, if she's if she's paying attention to this stuff at all, she actually has an opportunity to sit there and go, "Hey, let's actually talk about this," um, and have it be one of those things where we all learn a little something and and things get better. Um, so maybe that'll happen, but uh, it's it certainly was tone deaf, right? With from from an author with a guaranteed built-in audience. Yeah, uh, and you know they're going to read it. Yeah, and certainly for. Uh, some of the some of the scholars have sat there and went, we would really rather you didn't write about us at all. <laughs> um, and it's not personal. It's just that we just, you know, we just don't want you to write about our culture. Sorry. Um, and some of them have sat there and went, you know, we just would rather you write about our culture accurately. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a range. It's not like, you know, there's not, because again, they're not speaking with a unified voice because they're different people and they have different traditions and, and experiences. So, it's one of those things where you, when you have that kind of pulpit, that kind yeah. of platform, right? Um, I don't know that you are. At, I'm not going to sit there and make the sweeping. You know, I'm not going to make the generalizations that every author is required to, you know, get it right with every single time. We should be trying to. 
Yeah, but where's the fun in that? Well, apparently. <laughs> See, now we get we we try to get it right here. You but know, we're we, also we want to be accurate. We want to be you know as factual as we can. But and, we're news. And, and, I mean, we are news and opinion. We are we're and, news and opinion. And yeah. I'm sorry. Well, news news opinion and anal- analysis. I think is, is is yeah broader. But um, we are also going to try very very hard not to talk about things we don't know anything about. Yeah, this isn't politics for me. It's not religion for me. It's not um, shoe sales for me. Although you know. <laughs> Since we've expanded into horror for me, well, you know we we, we could just just keep rolling them out. Well, and... I, I have cons- <laughs> I have considered you know, having a political column in the horror for me just because it seems to fit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and today in political horror, <laughs> uh, see, but then I'd be is... then I'd be writing I'd be writing those all the time because it, yeah. Well, and the other thing too is 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 it would be decidedly biased. Uh, simply because you know, that's you know that's the nature of it. Well, unfortunately, yes. I mean, I I think uh, 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 it is very very hard to write a political or religious or weather column <laughs> without, <laughs> without the things you don't talk about at dinner. Yeah. Speaking of weather, um, I don't know if anybody listens to these or not, but over on our conventions and events page, we have not only an alphabetical listing of yeah. events all over the world, not only do we have a Google Calendar that has all of those said events on a calendar where you can click on it and then uh, find the website and, and go to these various different events, but we also have on that page... The forecast, the weather forecast for the cities that are hosting events every weekend. Uh, just actually just posted that uh, this evening. We posted every Thursday. Uh, meteorologist Brian Busby uh, records those for us and gives us the weather forecast. So say say you're going to be in Wizard World, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, what's what's uh, what's one this weekend? Um, uh, I'm not sure what's going on. This I weekend. don't know which one. Um, I got a film shoot. I'm, I'm <laughs> there's one in there's one in uh, Perth, oh, Australia. Okay, okay? Uh, and I can't remember the name right off the top of my head. But and we're not going. I know, I know, I couldn't get tickets. Oh, um, but yeah, but we've got the the weather forecast not only in Fahrenheit now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about it a while back. I asked I asked uh, uh, Brian. I said. If we're doing the weather around the world, shouldn't would, we be would doing, we it? doing yeah. Celsius for everybody outside the United States? And he's like, I could do that. So not only do we have the weather forecast for the cities hosting events every weekend that we post on Thursday, not only do we have the weather forecast from an actual meteorologist who does mm-hmm. this for a living. But we also have both the Fahrenheit and the Celsius <laughs> equivalents for all of those events outside the United States. I mean, we're three for three, man. <laughs> and it's one of the biggest, one of the largest lists of events that I can find anywhere on the Internet. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's uh... not quite 500, but we're getting there. Well, I, and I think it's just really cool because for the... Especially when you're going to another city, 
and you are you may you may spend your entire time in the con and you may need right. a break from the con and you may have a really cool costume and you may have to park far away from the con and, and it may be raining exactly you yeah. need to know these things so uh yeah no it's uh, well and besides the forecast we also have a weather widget that's there all the time right so you know you can get specific details about that particular weekend in that particular city with Brian's forecast but there's also a weather widget that you can look at anytime just enter your zip code and it'll tell you the weather forecast for wherever you are right so that's that's up there 24/7 and we're very happy with that um and and I think I think that gets a little bit of play Maybe. Oh, I think so. I think it's so. these kind of things that io9 doesn't do for their <laughs> readers. And that's not That's a... our first list. <laughs> things what we do what io9 doesn't. Number 10. <laughs> That'll be our 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 first Twitter list. Oh, there we go. Have that's not have not been sued by Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Top ten not io nine numbers have never published have never posted a sex tape to the internet <laughs> ever no, 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 not our staff not our site well okay um, as far as I'm aware our staff is not <laughs> uh, yeah I don't think that anybody has I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not I'm gonna not make gonna that ask. sweeping generalization yeah. either yeah, really. like, no 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 <laughs> don't want to know <laughs> what was the other thing that I saw I saw the other oh um, Paul McCartney. Did you see this? Joining the cast of the Pirates of the Caribbean. I was like, what? (sighs) Uh, You know what? Now, that's not a stupid thing we saw on the internet, but that's one of those like, "Uh huh? Yeah. Although, I will say, uh, to stick with the stupid thing we see on the internet, um, we'll have to backtrack a little bit, but did you folks know that the last Pirates of the Caribbean film was based on a novel? At World's End. Yes. Stranger on Stranger oh, Tides. Oh, on Stranger Tides, yes. Um, which is actually a genius novel that was a terrible adaptation turned into a Pirates of the Caribbean film. Um, I'm a little afraid of the next Pirates of the Caribbean script. I don't think it's based on anything, is it? Doesn't matter. I'm just a little afraid <laughs> of what the next Caribbean <laughs> script is. Because as far as I can tell. Yeah. Well, and rolling back even further, uh, talking about. Uh, events this weekend, WonderCon in Anaheim, California. Mm-hmm. California, here I come. Um, our Team LA, Angie and Hope and I think Ayla, mm-hmm. are all going to be out at WonderCon this weekend. Uh, Angie and Hope, um, I think they're for the whole weekend. I think Ayla's going to pop in there on Saturday at some. But we're going to be covering... WonderCon. Right. And we're going to be bringing you articles and interviews and panel discussions and stuff from from WonderCon this weekend. Very excited about that because that's part of the Comic-Con International group of events. It's run by the same people that do San Diego Comic-Con. Comic-Con, 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 Comic-Con. <laughs> Trademark, copyright. Comic-Con International, San Diego, California. All rights reserved. Except when they're not. (laughs) Sorry. Had to do it. And on that note. (laughs) I think we're done. (laughs) We're done. I think we're done. All right. Uh, If you have opinions or or suggestions for topics or if you have your own top ten list that you want to – hey, there we go. If you have a top ten list that you would like to send us, 
uh, H2O at sci-fi for me.com. Or a top 10 email. list you want from us. Yeah. There we yeah, go. That could be, that could be too. Uh, H2O, sci-fi for me.com. Or you can leave a comment on all of the different places, uh, sci-fi for me.com or the, uh, the, the social media stuff. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Google Plus, Tumblr, and YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, go watch our videos. We have some really good, entertaining, informative videos over there. Uh, Team Zombie needs eyeballs. Team Zombie is... No, uh, actual Tim. eyeballs. Yes. We, we're, yes. We're, we're trying to start a collection. Don't put them in the mail. No, no. Yeah, uh, mm, uh. Um, but <laughs> Fax them to us. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, uh, Tim and Dustin Adair uh, do recaps and analysis of The Walking Dead every week. And it's through because of the nature of of life circumstances being what they are and jobs and, and all of that, we've switched this over to video. Right. Instead of the old the, the write ups the way we used to do. And uh, so now they're doing video analysis of every episode of The Walking Dead and you can find that over on our YouTube channel, uh, which is youtube.com slash sci fi for me. everything pretty much is slash sci fi for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sci-fi for me after whatever whatever the social media thing is. So um, go check that out because it's rather humorous. And, we do uh, try to amuse. Yes. And and sometimes you achieve that. Sometimes. <laughs> All right. Uh, in the meantime, uh, go check out our other podcasts over at podcast.com and uh, the latest news headlines and analysis, recaps, and such over at sci-fi for me.com. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you very much for listening to uh, me. I'm Jason Hunt. I'm Timothy Harvey. And uh, we will be back with another episode of H2O next week. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. 